Hello, welcome to Happy Dance, the podcast. I hope you've all had an amazing week. I'm excited to talk to you today about consent in the classroom. Now, I know the word consent is such a loaded word, but what I basically mean is just how I try and make every class as comfortable and as nurturing an environment as possible. And obviously that changes via the different ages I teach. Like I teach from zero to 18. So there are so many different opportunities that arise where you could make someone feel uncomfortable. And it's about acknowledging that everyone's different and everyone's got different likes and dislikes and ways to be taught and adjusting to suit everyone's needs whilst making everyone feel included. So the first point I wrote in my diary today was um, that dance is a contact sport. Like when I say consent in the classroom, I'm not meaning that we never touch our students to move them into a position or help them with their shoes or whatever you need to do to make the class as best as it possibly can be but it's about how you go about it like we've had a few teachers join our team recently and assistants and things so we always like to go through this with them just to make sure that they understand that we're trying to make classes inclusive and as happy and comfortable as possible for all our students and where some people are visual learners some people are more sensory like tactile learners and might need that hand lifting their leg to move it into the right position or helping move their toes out into their first position if they're not quite understanding what you mean and that's okay but it's the difference between just jumping down and pushing their legs out or whatever you're doing and explaining and vocalizing what you're doing before you do it and gaining that consent so a good example is this is everyone's had that annoying aunt, the creepy uncle, the the family member that they were like, oh, do I have to go around there, mum? Because they're going to hug me or make me kiss their cheek and I don't want to do it. And that sense of being forced to do it or them just grabbing you and tickling you as a kid. And then you realise, oh, it's because they never actually asked or told me what they were doing. It was just like, whoosh, and there they are. So it's about making sure that as teachers we don't do that to our students. And I think that's important. Um, one of the things I did think is that holding a hand is such a powerful thing. Like holding someone's hand when they're nervous or entering the classroom for the first time. If they're a free trial and they've come to their first trial class and they're just petrified. Holding their hand and being like, I've got you, we got this, let's go together, we'll introduce ourselves to our new friends, whatever it is. I think there is such power in that. So I would never want to say to someone, don't do that. But it's about knowing if they're like refusing to come away from mum's leg, you're not going to wrestle their hand off them and pull them away. There's, And it sounds so obvious when you say it out loud, but sometimes you do things and then you think, oh, oh, maybe that, that wasn't the best thing to do. That wasn't the best scenario. Because we're all learning and we're all growing every day, every week, every minute, aren't we? So even though we're the teachers, we're also the students in a lot of ways. And I think it's important to not forget that and to constantly be talking about it. So holding a hand can be so powerful when a kid's nervous, as well as obviously adjusting their position. Sometimes they do need a physical hand on them to move move that leg and go, oh no, that's not going to like especially when stretching if their knees are like down to the floor and you're like oh no that's going to cause more damage than good moving that leg into a more comfortable and safer position is 
your duty of care. And I think it's just about vocalising that before you do it. So a good example is in our preschool classes where they're left and their parents go off and have a lovely hour to themselves, have a hot cup of tea, I tell them, or a wee in peace, go enjoy your hour. We're going to have the most fun here. And at that point, they're they're my students. I've got responsibility to keep them safe, to keep them happy, etc, etc. So things like going to the toilet is always a mission with a three-year-old or a four-year-old. Um, one, because they might have a nappy on. Um, not for when they're four, but when they're two, definitely they might still have nappies on. And then it's about making sure that you're vocalising everything you're doing. Or when they're older, when they're struggling with leotards, like we all know leotards are a pain to get on and off. It's just a fact of life. Um, and also they don't just pull their trousers down, do they? Like they do every other time they go to the toilet. It's the amount of times we've had kids pull their tights down and then not realise that they haven't taken their leotard off and like have an accident and then you're having to deal with that. So it's important to talk them through it and ask them if they want help. And if they can't vocalise the fact they do, then it's a duty of care thing. You're not just going to stand there and watch them wet themselves, are you? You're going to help them. But it's about talking through what you're doing. You'll say, oh, we need to take our arms out, our leotard first, and then we're going to wiggle it down. And then, oh, let's step you out of your tights. And then if you pull your knickers down, I'll pop you on the toilet and then shut the door. And I say, oh, I'll just be out here. I'm here if you need me. Let me know. And some of them will be like, no, I don't like the door shut. And that's that's fine because they've given you that that permission. But I would never just walk them in there in silence, pull their sleeves down, pull their leotard down. And when you go through it, it sounds so obvious, but sometimes you think, because they're not talking yet, they can't give you that, or not fully vocalising everything they want and need yet, they can't give it to you. So sometimes without even meaning to people, assistants, other teachers, where we haven't had that talk always with them, and like we do now, they don't don't realise and they just do it out of force of habit. They're like, oh, this is what I do to my children, so I don't think about it. But it's like, yeah, because they're your your kids but you never want to do anything to make anyone in your care be it adults kids anyone feel uncomfortable surely (laughs) so we always go through it and say just chat just talk about whatever you're going to do before you do it so and it can be like the second before you do it as well it doesn't have to be oh we're going to sit here and we're going to discuss how we're going to put you on the toilet because by that point they've wet themselves and you've got a whole whole nother discussion to be had um but by going, oh, I'm just going to help you out your leotard. Is that okay? Right, let's do one arm. Okay, wiggle that one out. Now we'll do the other arm. Okay, now let me wiggle it down. Can you wiggle? Are you all right to pull your knickers down? Now I'll pop you on the toilet because you're too short and the toilets are like six foot high, aren't they, to them? So pop them on, leave the room, shut the door for them, say, I'm just out here if you need them. And it's just going through that process that I think can be so important. Um, also, making sure that everyone's comfortable and everyone feels like they're doing the same thing. So we have lots of different students in our class, obviously, different abilities. We have lots of disabled students as well. Like One class that springs to mind, we have a couple of Down sisters that both have Down syndrome, so their muscle development and that is a little bit behind what the average for that class is. So when it comes to things like when we're doing one leg balances, we will often assist the position by taking some of the weight so whether it's just putting that hand under the calf when they're holding their arabesque and be like yeah you got it hold that leg keep it straight um so they feel like they're doing exactly the same thing as everyone else they don't realize that there's anything different about them and that's what we want we want them to all feel 
the same. We want them to all feel as special as each other and that they don't feel awkward because oh, I'm, I always fall over when I balance or whatever it is. We don't want them to to feel like they're highlighted or ostracised or anything insane like that that we can just change by just assisting with a hand under the knee. So I think there's, like I said, dance is a contact sports. There's a space definitely for that hands-on approach but it's just about adding that extra layer of talking through what you're doing getting that in that habit almost of vocalizing everything you do um on the flip side we had a situation where it becomes a duty of care kind of bubble if you will and i'll explain i'll explain one of our assistants was at the open door because one of our halls we have a little step as they go out and so at the end of our toddler class we always get the parents in chat about how they've got on etc etc and then this mum was leaving with her kid and her kid decided to make a break for it so ran straight out the door into the big wide world like there's a car park there's a road everything outside that could be a potential danger for that toddler and so me and the mum have gone running after her but my assistant was obviously closer because she was at the door that she'd just ran, managed to run through. And she was going, oh, no, stop. Like, where are you going? Your mum's there kind of thing, trying to use her voice to make her stop. But it was just wasn't going to happen. She was on a run. So at that point, it becomes a duty of care thing. And I think you're well within your right to just swoop the child up and say, oh, no, we don't go without mum. You're forgetting someone kind of thing. Not like physically grab them and like wrestle them to the floor or anything extreme like that but just swooping in grabbing that hand saying oh no we wait for mum blocking them with your body at that point I don't think anyone could argue that you were doing anything bad or wrong I think at that point it is a duty of consent that parent is going to be much more thankful for you swooping in and picking that child up than letting her run into a road with cars and all these other dangers or fall over in the car park or get six feet down the road and you're just watching this kid run by, I always think the mum's not going to be angry or the dad or whoever's picked up is not going to be angry at you protecting that child. And I think that is absolutely fine. The same when it comes to first aid. Like, all my teachers, all my staff, we're all paediatric first aid trained. So if anything was to happen, we know what to do. But if a kid gets hurt, the first thing they do, so they're falling over and scrape their knee on the way from the toilet to the classroom or wherever it is, um, the first thing they're going to do is cry and usually go cry and say they want their mum because that's their comfort. That's who they want. That's what they want. They want that cuddle. I always say in my um, toddler classes, if it's a mummy and me, that they fall over and hurt themselves. If I've swooped in and picked them up and carried them over to mum, if it's just like a little boop, um, I'm like, oh, mummy hugs fix everything because they do. It's that comfort. It's that I'm safe in my mum's arms moment, which obviously the mum's not there, so you can't just leave them crying on the floor with a bleedy knee like that's that's not that's not that's not on is it (laughs) that's not caring for them and they're in your care for that hour class that half an hour class however long it is so in that instance you would you would just take on that motherly role you'd be like oh don't worry she'll be here soon or obviously if it's an extreme injury like a broken arm or something you'd have rung them and said please get here she's really hurt herself don't worry she's fine we're dealing with it with put her in a sling whatever the course of action is in that situation but 
I'd still go through it all and say, oh, let's get you a plaster. Oh, you're so brave. Look at you. You're so strong. Let's sit you down. Have a drink. That's my um, go-to for everything. If any, Whatever they say, oh, I've broken my leg. I'm like, no, you're fine. You just, like, skip away. <laughs> All right, then. Um, I'll be like, oh, let's have a drink of water. I think water solves everything. But um, just sitting them down when they're crying and putting that plaster on or whatever you need to do is a duty of care thing. And I don't think anyone can argue that you shouldn't like I just can't imagine a situation where a child has fallen over run into something hurt themselves in class where you wouldn't react and you wouldn't go and care for them even if they're saying no I want my mum you'd say oh mum's on your way but I can't I can't leave you bleeding on the floor there's not I can't do that so let's let's sort you out and mum will be here soon I promise and I think that is perfectly okay Obviously, if you disagree with me and think of any other tips and tricks, feel free to drop me a message and let me know. But that's my personal personal viewpoint on it and how I run my classes. And the final point I was jotting down when I was thinking about this podcast was about my older class and about how consent can obviously change as they get older when they're able to vocalise what they like, what they dislike, how they like to be spoken to like we have quite a few autistic children that love to be spoken to but hate eye contact so it's about them being able to vocalize that to you and saying that or via their parent being able to vocalize that to you and say oh she loves chatting like or I hate it when you single me out in front of the class or whatever it is being able to identify that and say please don't and creating that environment where they feel comfortable telling you these things. Like, one of the situations we've had recently is a couple of our teens have um, started growing body hair and under the armpits especially and being very self-conscious about it. And, of course, it's not up to me to tell them, oh, shave that or not shave that. It's completely their body. They can do what they want with it. But in this situation, they had said to their mums that they were uncomfortable wearing the leotards because our leotards are sleeveless or, like, strappy sleeves. Um so they weren't feeling comfortable because they'd got this underarm hair and didn't want to shave it, which was absolutely fine, um, but didn't feel comfortable in the uniform. And I think my dance teacher back in the day would have been like, no, everyone's in the same, you must wear this, I don't care if you're on your period, if you're having a really bloated day, if you've eaten too much over Christmas so it feels a bit tight, whatever it is, they'd be like, nope, this is the uniform, this is what you have to wear. But I think it's about knowing that Yes, they can still wear the uniform that you want them to wear, but tweaking it in a way that makes them feel more comfortable and more cared for in class and that their opinion is valid and how they feel about their body matters. So in this situation, it was as simple as being like, oh, well, you can have a long sleeve leotard, would that make you feel better? Or cap sleeves or three-quarter length, have a look at some designs, see what you want, you get some really pretty ones. And now they're happy as Larry, they don't think of it at all but it's about them feeling comfortable enough to have that conversation with us and to go through that process because it's important and I think by starting that process and making sure that you have consent for everything you do at zero at two however young you start your classes it means as they go up grow up with you they're going to feel more and more comfortable coming to you with these awkward things like oh I really don't want to wear my leotard today because um on my period and I feel so bloated and uncomfortable and it's like yeah that's absolutely fine just wear a t-shirt and some leggings job done and so I think it's probably not a subject that's talked about enough in the dance teaching world 
Um, and I think it can just have such an impact on your classes and how confident and how at ease they feel within them. So, yeah, so that's kind of what I've been thinking about this week. And I hope you found it helpful, maybe got some tips from it. Um, I'd love to hear your opinions. So feel free to drop me a message. Have a brilliant week and I will speak to you soon. Bye.